2024 promises to be a big year for Apple, what should we expect besides the typical iPhone and Mac upgrades? That's the topic of this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. So uh, last week, we reviewed the uh, past year for Apple. So this time, we're going to look forward to 2024. Could be a landmark year for Apple besides the iPhone and Mac updates, which we'll talk about in a little bit. 2024 could be a big year for Apple's wearables uh, and introduction of spatial computing to the general public with the release of the uh, Vision Pro. So that's probably going to be, I guess, what Apple's going to be known for for 2024 is the introduction of the headset. I mean, I guess it depends on, I guess, how and when it arrives. Uh, the, the the most recent rumors is that it's going to be very early, maybe even in January. And if that's the case, it's probably going to be overshadowed by like fall once the iPhone arrives. You know, it'll it'll dominate the first couple months of the year, and then it'll slowly dissipate because it's so expensive and because it's not really like a consumer thing. I might disagree because um, okay, the iPhone is very well in its every year it's just a little better than the last one ios will have some neat maybe updates with if they do all this ai stuff they're talking about but nobody gets all that excited about the new iphone anymore in the sense that like it's not on all the morning news shows or anything like that right it's but the vision pro is gonna be i mean they're gonna sell small numbers you're gonna have to only in stores, you're going to have to make a reservation to go to a store and get fitted and buy one and all this. And it's going to be low numbers for a while, but it's going to be one of those things where if you know somebody who has one, get a chance to check it out or something. There's It's going to be a lot of wow moments and, it's going to be, and Apple's really going to press the marketing hard where they are, that they're out there in the public on this and that they are seen as the only real game in town for this completely new thing. You get all the meta quest and all that other stuff. Like those are going to, they're going to try and make that look like a silly toy. And it's impressive. It's, it's way more than those, like the latest meta quest three or pro or any of those things. It's, it's a big deal. Then it's going to get a software update in the fall with all the other software updates, probably vision OS two. So yeah, it's not going to be cheap. They're not going to do big volumes, but I think in terms of like marketing and in terms of it being like the memorable thing of the year, I think we're just too used to iPhone updates and that's going to be the big thing. We got kind of a sneak peek of what we could be in store. Apple invited a few, they invited a few media members to come experience their spatial video with the Vision Pro and some of the articles were saying that people were brought to tears because the experience was so emotional. I mean, I don't, I don't doubt that. We're so used to seeing flat videos, whereas if you took a photo of a video of your son, I don't know, walking for the first time or <clears throat> getting his first hit at a baseball game or something like that, and you can relive that 
as if you're watching it live again. I could see that. I could see it getting emotional. I could also see it wearing off very quickly and not being emotional after the 10th one. Yeah, even at the 1080p resolution that we've got for this. Uh, people are also saying panoramic photos just really come to life and are amazing too. More than that, I think, more than the fact that like it, the experience apparently seems to be that good is that we're already seeing the marketing machine at work where it's not that it brings people to tears. It's that you're hearing that it brings people to tears like already. Like that's, that's the thing. We're going to see a lot of this. I, I don't think that necessarily the launch is going to be one of those things where everyone's lining up and all that stuff because there just aren't going to be that many to go around. I wonder if they'll bring, bring back the January keynote for that. We haven't had one in a long time. They did it, obviously, in Macworld, San Francisco, forever. Yeah, very early January, they would have a keynote and, a, and an event. Um, they brought it back for the iPad in 2010. Steve Jobs did his um, iPad introduction. Uh, yeah, the, the original iPad introduction. Um, and I believe they haven't had one since. I'm pretty sure they have it. So um, it would be interesting if Tim Cook used that, you know, so-called sacred January keynote slot to, you know, drum up some interest, some hype for um, Vision Pro. I think it needs its own, like, kind of spotlight now. It, it was part of WWDC. I don't think they're going to just tack it on to a spring event with the with a new Mac mini and, you know, air tags or something like, I think they'll, it'll be its own thing. They, ne- they didn't have any third party apps back then. And they've been working with developers and ha- and getting dev kits in people's hands and there's dev software. So they're going to showcase probably some of the first apps, like they're the ones that are especially interesting, right? Like the biggest part of this is getting people's experiences out there. They're gonna they're gonna make the rounds, right? And this is gonna be pitched as the next big thing. This is then this is gonna be really pitched as the next iPhone, the next you know whatever. And they they've got a lot of work to do before it gets to be something people can afford before the software is fully there. But I think that they're gonna put their stake in the ground in a way where it's like. These are capabilities and a, a level of quality that nobody else has. There have been some reports that um, Apple has been or is working on uh, a training system for their Apple Store employees so they can do in-store demos. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that makes sense. So I'm guessing those in-store demos, you'd have to schedule an appointment. You can't just pop up and say, hey, can I put this on? Because I'm going to assume that there, it would be a demo similar to the one I experienced, where they have to do some fitting. Yeah, I don't know, but like, if that's true, like yours was what, like twenty minutes or so, 10, 20 minutes. The actual demo was about twenty minutes, and then it was a good twenty minutes prep beforehand because they had to size my head and get my prescription for my. Right, so, I mean, how could they possibly handle that for everybody who wants one in a general? Like that's a lot of appointments. I don't know. Apple Watch was easy because it was here. They are try one on. You know, it's a couple minutes, five minutes. This is like a whole experience. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle it. Well, I think supply is going to be so limited that it's essentially going to be like you're going to pre-order one on online. You're going to put yourself in a queue to buy one, and then you'll probably have to go to an Apple store to get fitted and stuff like that. 
and then they'll ship you one or you'll go back to pick it up or something like that. It's going to be. Yeah, but they're going to need to show people who have no intention of buying it, like test driving a car. Eventually, for a year, they won't have enough supply to even need to worry about that. Like there, there, there are enough people who want to buy one sight unseen at thirty five hundred dollars to because to, to buy all what ten thousand or something that they'll be able to make this year or twenty thousand. It's not like they're. It's not like they could make twenty million of these if they wanted to. So it'll it'll get to that point, but I think initially they're going to be the supply is going to be so constrained that they just don't even need to worry about it. And what they need to worry about is making sure people get proper sizing and fit and the right prescription inserts and all those things. Sticking along the wearables theme, uh, what's going to happen with Apple Watch next year? Are we even going to have Apple Watches to be able to buy next year? <laughs> like whatever that is, if they do indeed go through with this ban, it's, if it's not vetoed, that'll be all taken care of within like... I think it's already not been vetoed. I think they already had their chance and the time is up. I think they have until like Thursday or something. Well, so by the time you hear this, it's it's up. But I think Biden could, at some point in the next 48 hours, say that I'm going to... I doubt he will. I have to assume they've reviewed it. His people have reviewed it and decided that it's not worth um doing and I, but basically they found they were found to they, they've had their chance and had their say and were found to have been infringing on a patent and they have to stop selling the patent infringing thing and they had 90 days for that to be overruled and it's in a day or two it's it that time is up they're apparently scrambling just to come up with a different algorithm because it's a software thing it's not it's not that the hardware is something that they don't have a right to use. It's like it's they're using the same software algorithm that appears to be infringing. So they'll just need to find a different algorithm to get the same results, to get the, the quality results. And apparently they're scrambling to do that. And I have every reason to believe that's what's going to happen. They'll probably just not be selling Apple Watches for 30 days at most. And in January, they'll start selling them again. We don't expect anything super special in Apple Watch next year, do we? There's two conflicting rumors. One say that yeah, it won't be much, and the other one said that it's going to be a complete redesign for that for that Series X. So, you know, I don't know. It's 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 kind of overdue for like a massive change. But on the other hand, it's also the the best smartwatch by about I don't know <laughs> twenty miles. I mean, it's there's nothing even close. It's it's lapped every competitor numerous times, so they could just do another, you know, simple update. This one, the Series Nine, was probably the, the the smallest upgrade they've ever had, which is saying something. There was no new sensors. There was no there was no increase in the screen size. The only thing that it got was a new chip, which for all it intents and purposes has no in- impact on on how you use it at all. I think the most interesting thing about the new chip is it has neural engine cores in it. Two, I think, is it? I can't remember. Um, which allows them to do some machine learning stuff on device. And that's enabling a few what one is they think they they say they use it for that double tap thing. It's it's but um but it also allows for things like um some of that health features and stuff to be locally cached and work on your 
watch separate. Eh, I mean, is it a big deal? I don't think it's not a big deal, but I think eventually, I think that will be the next split, like where you start to see features that are only supported on these Apple watches. I think the next split is going to be, well, which Apple watches have neural engine cores, right? And those will get features. And so the next watch OS will probably have features that work on series nine, but not on series eight and prior. Maybe. Yeah. And all that generative, generative AI stuff that has been bandied about that's going to require a neural engine, I would assume. So at yeah, some point, although it may not, that may not be able to a watch anyway. Right, right, right. It might not be this year. It might not be for a while, but I, that's, you know, that's, that's at the core of all these chips. If you look at AMD and Intel and everyone, Microsoft, even it's all AI centered yeah. stuff. So the neural engine is super important. Is it possible that we could see this year, not just with the watch, but also with the iPhone and the AirPods that, uh, once vision pro is introduced as those products are introduced, there'll be tie-ins to the vision pro. I mean, if not, if not immediately, then, you know, at WWDC, when we see the next versions of the OSs and stuff, I think that will also include Vision OS. And, uh, and I think, I mean, they've been doing this with their existing lineup already, making your phone work more with your Mac, work more with your watch, work more with. And, yeah, the whole ecosystem, and I think making the ecosystem tie in even more to Vision Pro is is just sort of a natural. Yeah, we already know the AirPods are AirPods Pro specifically are tied in. the The iPhone Pro is tied in. I don't think there's any Apple Watch features yet, but I have to assume, mm-hmm. like as that wearable thing gets stronger, like that's what we're going to be doing: Vision Pro, AirPods, Apple Watch. Yeah, will be the things that we carry. Not I, can, I can see you looking down at your wrist where your Apple Watch is and seeing uh, an automatic, um, like a like a what do you call it? Like a screen, the same way they do the virtual Mac screen, uh, like that, like a, a a floating screen that's bigger, but it's just mirroring your Apple Watch screen over your wrist. That's easier to read and it's bigger, and you can swipe it in VR. You can just swipe and tap around and use your watch that way. Like I could see that being like the minimal easy peasy thing they do. There have been recent reports of updates to the AirPods. Um, Are we finally going to get an AirPods Max update? The latest rumor isn't encouraging. It's, it's just going to get the USB-C upgrade and, and some colors. It's not, it, it needs more, it needs a lot more features. It needs the H2 chip. It needs uh, a weight reduction. It needs a, a number of things, I think. And I, it, the latest rumors are it's not going to get any of that. I mean, hopefully it comes with a real case, but it's, it looks like it's, we'll, we'll get USB-C in some colors. Like, well, visually they might look the same, you know, but maybe we will get uh, certainly the H2 chip and certainly some new features that were released on the AirPods Pro too we're gonna, are going to come to the AirPods Mac. I mean, the, the rumors that, that German reports are generally from the design standpoint. Like he rarely reports on new AirPods Pro features. So I would expect 
that the next AirPods Max are going to have a ton of features. Um, I do agree that like titanium would be a huge benefit here. Like they are heavy. Well, titanium would be that much lighter than aluminum. They're not steel already. So, but maybe the head, the, the band part that is, that has steel rods in it, maybe could be something else, but just in general, it just needs to lose about half its weight. Uh, like every competitor, it has a lot more plastic, but they're way more comfortable. And then the regular AirPods, or I guess the, yeah, the AirPods are going to get updated as the, the, well. The third gen. The rumor is that the third gen will be a, a fourth gen. And then the second gen, which they still sell, will be a, a light, a fourth gen light of some sort with a larger gap between them feature wise. Um, he, uh, Garmin reported that the fourth gen might get noise canceling, which at, you know, at that point, how do you separate that from the AirPods Pro? So that's, it gets confusing. I think there's a lot of features. I mean, the, the, the second, the new AirPods Pro have a lot of features that they probably wouldn't do, like the, the transparency mode and stuff. Uh, uh, transparency mode, if it has noise detection, it, yeah, but it may not have adapter transparency. And then just things like the, the conversation boost where you like just look at somebody and, you know, all the other things that we talked about, how they have on the things that work with the Vision Pro. I, I, th- I think that's probably true. And they won't have the ear tips, and just, you know, stuff like that. They're just, um, it, I think the rumor is those may come next year the new cheaper models, it's going to take like a year to kind of refresh the, the AirPods lineup. So, and the first is going to be that fourth gen and then a new cheap AirPods uh, will come later, maybe like next, maybe 2025 AirPods max may not come next year either. The iPads overdue for an update. And it sounds like we're going to see some major changes next year. I expect we expect every model to get some kind of an update in 2024. Uh, I guess we'll start with the pro. The rumors are that it'll get a, I just completely lost my train of thought. Jason, you take OLED display. OLED, yes. OLED. That's right. OLED And I'm sure M3, right? Because they, now that's, they're all using the base sort of thing. So M3 and OLED and that. There's some rumors that it could get a redesign of some sort. It hasn't been, they haven't, Apple hasn't touched the iPad design since 2018 when this new one came out. So it's been a while. Sizes are probably going to be the same, 12.9, maybe a little bit bigger, they say. So that could be like smaller bezel. So instead of 12.9, it'll be a, a true 13. But yeah, we're talking about a tenth of an inch. It's not going to be like dramatically different sizes. And the I, I remember reading a rumor recently about how it might support MagSafe. And they jury-rigged up an image of, like, the phone MagSafe connector. <laughs> yeah, on the back of on the iPad. On an iPad. And it, that's possible that they'd put that somewhere on the back. But MagSafe is also what Apple uses for the Max connector. It would make more sense to me if it had a MagSafe connector on the base. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, on along the long side, the landscape side, um, so that you could put it in a dock, a new HomePod dock or something like that. You could put it in a dock and charge it up that way. 
or otherwise, uh, when you put it in a certain keyboard, it would charge through that. Or you could just use your Max MagSafe connector and s- stick it on there. Yeah, they they have that smart smart connector they call it now, which is, I mean, similar to MagSafe. I can totally see them using something similar, rebranding it as MagSafe, and having it do a little bit. I more. mean, it'd be great Maybe. if it was directly MagSafe, and you could just use the same thing you have for your Mac. It doesn't make any sense to me that they would use the iPhone's MagSafe because at, at 15 watts, it's going to take forever to charge your iPad Pro, right? You, you, the whole point would be that you could be, it could fast charge. Wasn't there a recent rumor that Apple's going to release a larger iPad Air? 12.9 inches, which would be the same or similar to the, to the new Pro. That appears to be fairly solid, that rumor. It's been reported by a couple of outlets that we trust, so... I don't know who's asking for that or why Apple needs to do it. So the iPad Air right now is is five ninety nine at ten point nine inches. So you got to assume a twelve point nine inch one would be eight hundred, like the iPad, the eleven inch iPad Pro, and then you're you're just adding more confusion to the, I think to the, the line. Yeah, I, I think the idea is that if you wanted a big iPad, you have to get that. Now you have to get an iPad Pro that's really expensive and may get more expensive when they go to OLED. So it's the idea that like I want a big iPad, but it's I don't you you know it'll be four or five hundred dollars less than the thing. But like but like you said, they're adding the confusion. I mean, they're having problems. iPads are not selling well right now. I don't think the people not buying iPads are going like, well, there's just not enough different options, <laughs> and I don't think they're going well. It doesn't have an OLED screen, so I, I, they need to do something else. And maybe they are doing all this. Maybe it's all on the software side, but there needs to be something about the iPad that gets people excited to buy one. And I don't think as nice as OLED may be and as nice as a large iPad Air may be, I don't think that these are the sticking points that are stopping people from buying iPads right now. Jason, you brought up the software. We don't, it's, it's hard to project what's going to happen to software because we never hear any rumors about it because it's software. Yeah. So they can keep all that stuff in house. Uh, you know, with the hardware, we, we focus on hardware rumors because hardware involves other parties and that's where the leaks come from. So, you know, Apple has to go to someone for the displays. So display information gets leaked. I could really see a big push for the iPad, if not this year, then soon, being um, that they sell a dock and they turn it into your basically smart speaker type interface, just like the, the, the Alexa's, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, Echo show or the Google one or something like that, where, I mean, they already have the, um, for iPhones, they already have standby. Standby seems like the first baby steps into the sort of interface that we'd be talking about. They just have like a bigger standby, more widgets, more whatever. So having having the iPad be something that does that, and then new new versions of iPads with dock connectors, MagSafe, whatever you call it, that can do those things, and making that a software thing, and then you've got a reason to buy an iPad because it's like, well, now it's my, this cool new like visual smart speaker and FaceTime calls and all this other stuff and pull up recipes and do all my things, but I can always just go pop it off and I've got an iPad. Yeah, I agree. Um, all the pieces are there. 
like it seems like Apple's really leaving it on the table. Like we have the HomePod, we have the iPad, we have the software, we have the integration. Like just do it. There's just a there's just a handful of little changes they need to do into like docking and and you know changing how standby works and stuff like that and you know but like even things like for FaceTime they're already doing if you have a wide angle camera yeah. they're already doing like the tracking center stage they have of course they have to brand it center stage but they also already track people and stuff yeah so it's it's all the all the pieces just need to come together. And I could see that happening this year. I could see sure. that be a thing at, at WWDC. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about such a product for a while now. We always bring it up when it comes to the iPad and the HomePod. And so it'd be nice if it finally debuted next year. Seems like a good time to talk about the HomePod. I guess we could talk about Apple TV as well. We haven't heard anything about those products. We never do, usually. The new HomePod that came out, Last year was a surprise. Yeah, that was out of left field. HomePod Mini hasn't been updated in many years, but yeah. I don't know what a new one would bring other than maybe a better, an extra speaker and a new chip. I don't know. Nothing that we would really notice. Yeah, there was rumor about a new HomePod that uh, uh, to replace the big HomePod that just was like a better display on top. Like the same thing, the same vertical, like round in the middle display, but just like a better LED matrix or something. And it's just useless because it's already a useless display. Like it's already, it just needs, it's an indicator light because to, to use it for anything, you have to go stand over and look down. It's no, it's no good. (laughs) And half the time, if your room is dark, you don't want it lighting up anyway. There's been that rumor, uh, I, I don't know what they would do with HomePod. And same with Apple TV. Every now and then we hear, oh, there's a new Apple TV coming and it's just going to have a new chip in it. That's all they say. And, and that's fine. You know, every two years, upgrade the t- chip. But there's no massive. Ever since they fixed the remote, there's just no. <laughs> yeah. It's not for them to do. You know, I know it's not a small little stick that you can plug in the back of your TV and you know, it's a little clunky to put on your console, but it's the best by, I mean, I, I still use Samsung. I have a Samsung monitor that I use. I still use Google, uh, whatever they call Google TV. And I'm it's just so great when I go back to Apple TV, cause it's just so much better. The speed, the, the interface, the, 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 the way it, uh, everything loads, the quality, everything is just so much better than everyone else. Yeah. And now that the remote is good. It's you know. room is good, and and the price isn't quite so outrageous. It used to be almost two hundred bucks. Now it's one hundred and thirty, so it's relatively evenly priced. So next year for the Mac, the big thing will probably be the release of the M3 Ultra, and then yeah, probably springs the new Mac Studio with the M3. If well, if we get one at all. I mean, it's conceivable that Apple just skips it because the M2 Ultra is fast enough, I guess. Depends on how long it's going to be on shelves. If we switch to the M4 by the end of next year, they might just skip it. Yeah, but I could just see that being a yearly update. They get Ultra. Every year at WWDC-ish. Or the spring, they just update the the Mac Studio and, and the Mac Pro with... 
the Max and the Ultra. In, in the case of the Mac Pro, just the Ultra. I could see that. And, and, and not a bunch of other stuff, just that. We think we understand now what Apple wants as its cycle for the chips. COVID threw a wrench into everything when they released the, the uh, M series initially. We had like a two-year gap at first. Yeah. And then this year, we got the M2 Pro and the M2 Max at the beginning of the year. And then the M3 Pro and the M3 Max and the base M3 in October, November. So we had ten month, a 10-month cycle there. Um, weird. Yeah, it was weird. So it's, it does seem like Apple wants to have, cl- I guess, close to an annual cycle with their chips. Yeah, I think they want to run it like they do the iPhone, right? Yeah. There may not be as many updates as the iPhone because the iPhone has so many other components to update. You know, it's the cameras and all this other stuff. And you may not get as much of that with the new Macs. But I think they want to have a new Mac with a new processor just kind of on a yearly cadence. But the M4, we haven't heard anything about an M4 coming out. So we're not expecting that next year. So that means those M3 Macs will probably run through 2024. And uh, maybe you watch. We'll, we'll hear beyond. about it this spring. We'll start <laughs> yeah, we might. It, it, it's, yeah. it's a relatively quiet update, I presume. It'll be some kind of an enhanced 3 nanometer process, you know, 15 to 20% speed boost, blah, 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 blah. But it could be – I could see them doing something like – uh, really leaning into things that just aren't necessarily CPU, but like better GPU performance, better neural engine, better video. And there, there have been TSMC rumors that they are working on the next generation of that three nanometer process. So, oh yeah, like, presumably Apple is part of that. So the M4 just could could just show up. Mm-hmm. We don't really get iPhone chip rumors unless it's a major architecture change. We just know it's coming. So yeah, that's kind of where exactly. we, we, we're going to be with the Mac soon enough. We know we're not getting a 27-inch iMac because Apple said so, oddly. Yeah. <laughs> True. But there have been rumors of a 30, 32, 30 or 32-inch iMac Pro, but maybe that's not until 2025. Yeah, I wouldn't count on anything. Apple very uncharacteristically reached out to media outlets and said, hey, stop writing about the 27-inch iMac because it's not coming. So I would be shocked if they came out with the 32. Ha ha, we actually meant 32. Like that would be a really weird thing to do for them. So I don't I think we can we can say uh with with some with some uh certitude that the the 27 inch studio display and the Mac Mini is the 27-inch iMac that Apple wants you to buy if you want that. And that's it. And I guess the last product to talk about is the iPhone. It's basically everybody gets the action button. Um, like it's, it's, it's on and, and they're going to do the same thing with the chip. Only the pros get the new chip. The, the non pros get the A17. Although it was weird because they had A17 has, was called A17 Pro, not A17 Bionic or something. So there may be at some point for some products like an A17 not Pro, like that may be what comes And there, there was also a rumor that it might just skip it and just go to the A18 and the A18 Pro, like they might just skip the numbering cycle for the right. A17. And, and the just A18 jump right to that. will 
somebody's somebody's going to dig into it and find out that it's an A17 Pro <laughs> and they just slapped the name A18 on there but maybe it's made with that new less expensive 3 nanometer process out of TSMC or something so it'll be that uh, there was a rumor that um, Apple is failing to produce a good 5G chip but they are still working on their own chips and they may have their own Wi-Fi chip in. The iPhone 16 Pro will get the iPhone 15 Pro Max's telephoto camera as well. That's another rumor. Yeah, the same sort of stepping, pushing everything down a step. So this year, the, the Max has that 5X um, optical zoom camera and that the iPhone, geez, I'm, I'm, iPhone 16 Pro will get the same one. Allegedly, yeah. reportedly. Well, and there, it might be a 48 megapixel sensor in the telephoto, um, which would be neat because you can imagine that would let your digital zoom, you, you're going to have 5x optical zoom, and then your digital zoom can be so much better when you have a 48 megapixel sensor. You can just crop in the middle quarter of that. So you could, mm-hmm. you could basically get perfect quality uh 20x zoom <laughs> you know a 12 megapixel 20x zoom that just looks awesome yeah. um there's some new sony sensors that didn't show up they, they thought may have been in this year's iphones and didn't show up and might be in the next one for the for the main camera much more sensitive sensors that would improve low light and Fast there, there's some rumors of slightly larger screens and maybe a, a, an even larger ultra model, which we, we had heard those rumors for the iPhone 15 as well. And they're still kind of kicking around that Apple might have a, a fifth model, right? Yeah, five, the, a fifth model that's above the Pro Max and has a, a larger screen, seven inches or whatever. And then other others say, no, they're going to call the Pro Max the Ultra. You know, there's that too. So you just don't, not sure. But it's pretty much, if, if you've been watching the last couple of years of iPhone updates, it, it's that same sort of pattern where like last year's Pro, a lot of that stuff trickles down to this year's regular model. And then the new the Pros get a newer processor and better camera. I think the exciting stuff is going to be on the software side, which means it won't, only come to iPhone 16, although they may they may keep a couple features just for iPhone 16. Oh, that reminds me, there, there was one. There was that uh, they're expected to use a much more sensitive microphone, which will help them uh, sort of reject noise and let Siri understand more clearly what you're saying and stuff like that when you talk to it from not right up next to your mouth or noisy environments or any of that kind of stuff. That might be something. Um, the rumors we're hearing about iOS and the other OS updates seem far more exciting than the hardware rumors at this point. Is there going to be a new iPhone SE next year? It's, what, two years old now? It's three years old. Nobody yeah. seems to know. Every two or three weeks, it seems we get a, a, a rumor that contradicts the previous one. <laughs> No, it's going to wait. No, it's yes, it is. It's going to have this body. It's going to have that body. Yeah, it'll be three years in whatever in March. And yeah, as Jason says, like the rumors are all over the place. 
I mean, the longer it stays on shelves, the less that $429 price tag is appealing. So they're going to have to do something, either get rid of it or update it because it's, you know, it's not exactly a budget phone. It's not like it's 299 bucks. 429 is not super cheap. And it's, you know, now it has a two-year-old chip, three-year-old chip. And, you know, it's a very, very old design and LEC, LCD screen, screen and all that. Worse stuff. cameras and a worse display. Yeah, one, one camera that isn't very good. Just buying a two-year-old yeah. iPhone. You'd be way better off just buying a two-year-old iPhone. Yeah, the iPhone 13 is, is 599 yeah, and it's so much better than the iPhone SE. And that's if you buy it. So that's if you buy it new. I mean, it's there's a bunch of refurbs kicking around for way less. They haven't updated the iPhone SE since Apple started splitting the A series chips on the new iPhones, right? Since they started having the Pros be the new ones, and the, and it used to always be the iPhone SE was some three year old body and camera and all that stuff. But just they just slapped in the latest best A series chip, <clears throat> and I can't imagine that's what they're going to do now. Like if they were to put out an iPhone SE this spring, it would, there's not a chance it has the A17 Pro in it. It would have it no would have like the A16 that it might even have like the A15 from last year. They right, separate exactly. even more. Yeah, yeah, and so I can. So they've got now that they're kind of releasing new brand new iPhones with like a range of processors. There's room for them to have more variants and, and piece together more old parts into a new iPhone SE. It'll have you, it'll have USB-C though. They got to do that. So whatever, whatever old body they're grabbing to, to, to stuff new parts into and make an iPhone SE is going to have to be modified somewhat. Uh, just to wrap this up, I'll, I'm going to include one last uh, what what we expect. What do you guys expect to happen with the Apple Card? Yeah, Goldman Sachs doesn't want to be the bank uh, behind the Apple Card anymore, so Apple needs to find a new backer. I mean, I th- there's lots of options. Goldman Sachs. So I, I don't know anything about financial stuff, but after I was reading it, once this all these news broke, like they had no foothold in consumer credit card or credit at all. And this was their first one, and that's a rough, that's a rough first one because Apple is very, very demanding about its terms and conditions, and they were like, they're basically just like, we don't want any part of this. I'm not surprised. I, I'm sure Chase or Capital One or American Express, someone's going to jump at this because it's a, it's a pretty marquee brand to, like, to uh, align with. I, 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 I don't think the they'll have a problem. The, I can't remember the name of the brand. Of the of the company, but it's a company that does it's number one with all of the retail branded credit cards, yeah. like you get a Macy's card or something like that. But the bank that issues all that kind of stuff, there most almost all of those, at least here in North America, are issued by this one company. And there was uh, rumors that they were interested, and then some other things like Amex or something. I think Apple. For, for their part of this is going to want two things. They're going to want one. It needs to not be a massive disruption for our users. It needs to not have completely different terms. The terms need to be close enough that if anything, it's just some minor tweak. Um, we, we sold everybody on the idea that it's got these rates and this things and these features. And we can't 
go pull the rug out from under all our users that way. And then number two is they really want to expand this internationally. Like they got to be dying to get this out of North America. And so they're going to be looking for a partner who can help them take it to Europe, at least, if not uh, Asia as well. So um, I got to expect that that's how Apple's Apple's going to try and use this as a opportunity to grow Apple card and every <laughs> and every credit card issuer bank is probably looking at what happened with Goldman and going like, well, can we do this better than they can? <laughs> or is it going to be the biggest disaster? Because Goldman apparently took a bath. Uh, credit cards are like that. You, you lose money getting customers and then over time you start swimming in money because you make all this money off of them and stuff. And it, it had, Goldman wasn't able to really kind of pull off that feat. They weren't happy with how that was going. But like Mike, Mike said, their, their credit card experience is in corporate credit cards yeah. and not in consumer. Which is very, very different. Yeah. yeah. And, and Apple Card was unique in that there's no fees. There's finance charges, but there's no late fee. There's no uh, payment fees. There's nothing. So mm-hmm. I got to assume that's a large portion of what these credit card companies make on the backs of us, in addition to the balances we carry. They're also getting 20 bucks to 30 bucks for, for all these little yeah. fees. Apple and, they're making, any of them. and they're making swipe fees and stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a great business if you can, <laughs> if you can do it, but uh, there are consumer cards out there that also don't offer fees and stuff like that. So I, I got to imagine somebody out there is, it's just a matter of picking it up. And I guess Apple also wants to make sure that whoever, whoever they partner with, isn't just around for another two years and then right, up right as well. And there's also the outside chance they could just do it themselves. They already have Apple Financial LLC for yeah. the buy now pay later thing. They they run that on their own. And listen, they're a three they're a three plus trillion dollar company. Yeah, they have to jump through certain regulatory hoops to to be a credit card issuer. It's not the same as just like, well, do you have enough money? Like, there's a lot of stuff. But they might just determine that that's easier. In which case, they are going to crush the competition because the first thing they're going to do is go like, swipe fees are dumb. Right. Like, right. Exactly right. <laughs> like, two, right. Two Three percent, to every time someone it. swipes yeah. a card, and then every single, the hard part is it's it would be a new network. Like, right now, Apple Card works everywhere because it's a MasterCard. If you're a MasterCard or a Visa, it's fine. Uh, you got MasterCard, Visa, Discover, Amex. If there's a new Apple financial network that everyone needs to support, it's new point of sale systems for the or new software for point of sale systems for the world. Like that's enormous, right? So uh, the best way Apple could get every retailer to update point of sale systems is to go no swipe fees. <laughs> How would you like to keep two percent on every <laughs> single? purchase and because they're apple and because they have a built-in network of how many apple card users already i think that they wouldn't have too difficult of a time getting people to to sign on to it but it would still take time it's not an overnight thing even if even if they get even if they have the approval they still got to get it to the 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 terminals you know it's not so easy yeah it's 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 difficult um i i i'm not i my guess is that that's not probably gonna happen 
I really don't. Think I, yeah, I, not this time around. That. Maybe within five years, but I don't think that within the next twelve months they're going to roll out their own bank. It would be pretty cool though if you like could just walk up to like an Apple bank and just take out some money. <laughs> so I really do think that uh, it, this is the, the next sort of step here for Apple Card is this year we'll see somebody else take it over and uh, an expansion of Apple Card out of North America into to other markets. I think they're, they're really eager to make that happen. And that's probably the first thing in every meeting they have with all their potential suitors is so let's talk about global expansion. And every time I have to use my physical card because somebody doesn't have a tap and pay support and I hand it to somebody to this day, people comment on that card. It, it's nice. Right. Because it's just a blank white card. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a it's blank nice. white card. It's metal. It's lighter yeah. than it seems because it's yeah. physical product. Is that their first yeah. titanium product? That was their first titanium product. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So you, you get to this day, people are like, oh, you know, and I'm like, you yeah. don't get a bunch of these. Like, if you have no tap and pay, you don't, people aren't handing you one of these all the time. How is this still special to you? Well, that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 868. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, We have one programming note. We're taking a break for the holidays. So the next episode of the Macworld Podcast will be in January. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify, or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through X, that's at Macworld, or on threads, that's at Macworld underscore HQ, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time. Mm